Welcome to the Hyper Voice, episode 97. This is a show all about Pokemon's video game championship series. I'm your host, Steven Morioka, and today I am here with Alex Underhill. Hey, I think I'm Alex. Is that me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's Alex. Alex Trebek. Ooh, you could host Jeopardy now. Wouldn't that be fun? And who are you? I am Steven Baldwin. Wait, he doesn't call himself okay. that. Because he calls himself Steve Baldwin, but I don't like being called Steve. So, Steven mm. Baldwin, he, he hosts some kind of game show, I think. Um, anyway, let's uh, get on to our first thing here for our Pokemon show, and that is that the Hyper Voice 100 is coming up here. And uh, we're only a few episodes away from it. And for that one, of course, we're doing something special for our 100th episode. And uh, we're just requesting from our audience, if you'd like to send us some uh, questions for that show, they can be Pokemon related or non-Pokemon related. We're just looking to um, answer maybe some other things that we don't necessarily have planned already. And, uh, you know, just have some uh, fun with that episode. So if you'd like to send us your questions, you can send them to our email, which we'll uh, say at the very end of the show. Or you can uh, tweet at us, DM us, or uh, tweet at the show as well, at the Hypervoice uh, on Twitter. Uh, also, we have our Facebook page, too, so you can uh, message us there or uh, write a post on our Facebook page. But uh, Hyper Voice, the Hypervoice 100 is uh, coming up very soon. And another thing, which is uh, this is going to be perhaps our last chance to advertise this tournament over the upcoming weekend, July 25th and 26th, is the Pokecasters Network Summer 2020 Charity Series. Uh, there's a VGC tournament happening this upcoming weekend, which Alex is going to be on the commentary team for. And um, as we all know, this is after weekend and week two of the Players' Cup. So there are only a few players left in that tournament anyway for um, this final weekend coming up. And uh, if you are still looking to play some Series 5, some VGC, uh, play in the Pokecasters tournament um, this upcoming weekend. It's being run by Mount Silver. And Alex has a bunch of uh, other uh, people on this commentary team as well, including... Brendan Lewis from the Soundproof Podcast, as well as other hosts from uh, other Pokemon shows, too. Yep, I, uh, I'm looking to do some of my first serious commentary, so that's going to be very fun. I uh, definitely recommend coming checking it out. Um, who knows, might even consider like playing in the tournament or something like that, because uh, Series 5 has been pretty fun. Um, and it's going to be really cool to kind of see what people are doing in Series 5 uh, post-Players Cup at this point. Like... Uh, It'll be during that last day, but uh, almost all of the uh, meta uh, has from the tournament has been kind of established, you know, and like all the uh, all the teams from it are kind of getting more and more public, especially considering you know public team sheets and stuff. And we've got the uh, the official stream, which we'll be talking about a little bit later. Uh, so yeah, th it's going to be a pretty cool tournament. Uh, I definitely recommend playing it or checking it out. Yeah, everyone, please. Uh... If you if you'd like to play some more Pokemon, please uh, try to play in this one. The uh, there is an entry fee, but that entry fee is part of the uh, donation for the charity. So I know part of it is going to Black Lives Matter, and others is going to the um, Pittsburgh, I think Memorial Children Foundation. Something I got, I think I think I got those words all in there. Maybe not in the right order, but um, going to those charities again, as well as I think part of it also goes to the prize pool for some of the top finishers. And I think if you're just wanting to watch, uh, you might be able to, like, get some donation incentives and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure there was something like that going on. Otherwise, uh, just donate because it's a good thing to do. That's also a cool thing to do. Um, but, yeah, uh, definitely uh, it's for a good cause. So play in it, donate, um, check it out. It's going to be pretty cool. 
Yeah, for more information about that, you can uh, check out the Pokecasters on Twitter as well as their website, um, pokecastersnetwork.com. Uh, for more information about this tournament, this upcoming weekend, July 25th and 26th. Um, now, as we've mentioned already, this same weekend, actually just July 25th, is going to be the final week of the players Pokemon Players Cup in July for uh, week three, where there are only 16 players left. And um, obviously everyone is aware that um, our show this week is after both week one and week two. So um, we're just going to kind of start off with uh, the first weekend uh, that happened back on July 11th uh, with week one. Um, there are a lot of things last episode that were a bunch of uh, unknowns to us that we didn't know how things were going to work, but we've uh, learned a lot these last two weeks. And um, Alex, we'll get to talk about your run in this first week and second week, uh, really. And we'll just, uh, why don't you tell us what, uh, I guess, ultimately how you finished up, and then uh, you can kind of lead us into stuff you found out and did in week one of Players Cup. All right. So um, to start the uh, the tournament, we had to be around um, just to kind of get everything figured out and set up. But the tournament was started pretty quickly after that fact. I think it was two thirty um, Central Time for us here, Stephen, but like three mm-hmm. thirty Eastern. Um, and yeah, the the tournament I think flowed really well, which was really uh, cool. Something about double elimination um, just meant that you could play your games when they were available. And uh, for the most part, it worked out really well. Like, uh, I, if uh, an opponent needed a bit of, like, time to relax, they had that option. Uh, because uh, technically, nobody had to start until the round was declared started um, or something like that. When basically all of the games for that round had uh, had pairings. But if you wanted to start early, uh, let's say that... You had played your round one and one, and the uh, other part of the bracket had uh, also played their uh, match. Then you could go ahead and play that winner right away. Uh, and similarly, the losers could go ahead and start playing each other right away too. And yeah, that was really, uh, really cool. Um, since it just meant that the tournament flowed very well. Um, it, it, you definitely had to do some waiting if you uh, dropped out of winners. Uh, that was the one time that I had to do some waiting because uh, if you lose in winners, you do, you do have to wait a bit for an opponent. Um, but if you are playing in losers or winning in winners, um, then uh, regardless, if you I guess if you just keep winning, uh, you will always have an opponent. So it's kind of nice. Um, yeah, that sounds like a nice luxury, you know, uh, for these online tournaments, kind of uh, in contrast to... Back in our in-real-life events when we had Swiss and you have to wait until the actual next round starts and everybody finishes the previous one to actually play. So that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and, uh, oh man, so some of the... Something that we were kind of waiting for as we were uh, leading up to the tournament was to see what was done about the the no-shows. And, oh man, uh, so t- before we started, um, Oceania and, um, Europe had already been run. And I, I think actually, uh, North America was the last region to be run. So a couple hours before we started too, um, I think they were almost being run similar, like during the same time, but like, you know, I think Latin America started a little bit earlier than us, maybe an hour or two earlier. And, um, we had learned that they were not getting rid of the buys in the other tournaments. Uh, and yeah, hilariously, like in Oceania, like I think somebody, 
qualified on the first day without playing. Get out of here, really? Yeah, no, they, <laughs> like we we had joked about some of the uh, the weaker brackets in the NA region because there was one where there was only three players out of the full eight there, and um. There was one where there was a full eight pod, basically, of just one player. And so they won against their no-show the first round. They played one of the other no-shows in the next round. And then they played one of the no-shows that made it to that third round. And they made it into the next week of the tournament just from that alone. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And they... I don't know why they didn't do anything about these no-shows. There's, like, gotta be a better system... Um, then luck of the draw for certain people. Um, the whole point of like seeding a tournament is that everybody, uh, is like, you know, rewarded for a higher finish. Uh, but you're always like, um, I don't know. It, it, it just rewards the, uh, the, the higher finishing players essentially in the qualifiers. And, uh, I guess for other tournaments, it's just making it so that, the better players um, don't knock each other out too soon. Um, contrary to what like Swiss is, where it's just like, you know, it could happen at any point. Um, those brackets are set up so that, yeah, like the best player in the tournament shouldn't meet the second best player in the tournament for quite a long time, which uh, you can definitely see in uh, the way that our top eight brackets work after Swiss. You know, we, we I believe the one seed will not meet the two seed until finals. Correct, um, and yeah. It, it's just like that, but on a much larger scale, you know, uh, with this whole seeding. Um, so the idea is that, you know, if you got if you finished first, you actually got a reward because, you know, you were going to play the 256th seed, which is usually not somebody that is going to be as strong as you if you are the person that finished first. So you've got a relatively e- easy matchup in that first round. Uh, not to say that the up- upsets don't happen. Um, but then the uh, the contrast was that some players in the middle just got full-on buys. Some people were able to receive multiple buys. Um, I don't think uh, anybody did. Maybe somebody did. Um the story of one of the uh, groups of five that uh, a lot of people were looking at, there was like Santino, his first round opponent, and a player by the name of Kemkoop, I think was the name. And uh, Kemkoop had a bye round one, played the winner of Santino and the uh, and his opponent in round two. And uh, I do know that Santino won that at this point in the tournament, Santino is still undefeated. So... Uh, we didn't see anything hilarious there, but like, like not to pick on Santino, he's obviously four and zero. But he is the bracket says he's five and zero because he found a buy in I think the third round. Yeah, yeah, a third round buy, which is arguably the most important one you can get on that first day of competition. You know, you normally would have been playing somebody that is two and zero, who's playing pretty hot, has a uh, won at least you know two games against uh, real players, but no, this was. Uh, Somebody, he just ended up getting a buy in the third round. Yeah, I mean, uh, look at that. Uh, nice for him, right? So, one oh, of definitely. The, one of the uh, things is that, you know, that cuts down the number of uh, matches that Santino had to play. And, you know, anyone else who was also in a similar situation. Um, so, and, you know, because you stay in winners and you get to play less, which is, uh, I guess, a benefit. And um, I, I understand, like, a lot of players were frustrated by this uh, overall decision here. 
And, you know, we talked about how, you know, registration was kind of cut off maybe like a week or even almost two weeks before the tournament officially started. And um, I don't know if like this information was entered into uh, our Battlefy a little earlier or something and they didn't want to change it. Um, then like I'm not defending TPCI or anything like the reseeding could have been done um, to reward, you know, those highest seeds, which, uh, you know, earned those spots and should have had them or you know those uh those buys essentially and you know they pokemon kind of has a history with uh you know not reseeding anything or like you know implementing new players into their system um i hate bringing this up but both uh both neic's we've had the north american international the last two years in 2018 and 19 there have been uh controversial neic's where uh there are some seeds in the top cut that were essentially needed to um, they were, I don't know, DQ'd or whatever, but there were open spots in the bracket, right, at some point, and Pokemon just, you know, gave players buys instead, and they said, okay, this person won or whatever, instead of, you know, add, uh, bumping up that next person, um, below them in the seating, which would have been the ninth seed, or, I think, something like that, but, um, this, those aren't necessarily related, but um, I think Pokemon had enough time to reseed the bracket. They didn't do it, and I understand why it'd probably be really frustrating for a lot of people, just considering then it turns out to be luck of the draw instead. Yeah, it really should not be uh, that buys are rewarded luck of the draw. Um, we've seen something, uh, like, you can see that kind of with uh, the round one buy at, like, a Swiss tournament, but that's really it. Like, it's one person, you know? Um, normally you don't get multiple buys, uh, unless you're, uh, you know, seeing a DQ later in the tournament and you got to buy in the first round and go on to win Nats that year. Like that, that, that normally doesn't happen, but, uh, it has happened actually in VGC. <laughs> um, man, I don't even, that's, uh, that's also related to those DQs though. I'm so sad about, uh, Pato, um, Pato's DQ in 2019. Yeah. 2019 Nats. Yeah. Yeah. Last year. Um, <sighs> I'm sure did we did we cover that on the show? Yeah, we we talked about it. It was a, it was a strange one. It was like something to do with like they. I'm pretty sure that like a judge DQ'd him, like a DQ'd a uh, canceled participation on his uh, game, and then nobody would own up to it, so he just couldn't play. And that's just so frustrating. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, like at the very least, put in a replacement or something. Yeah, still like. Official, I guess, officially unresolved or something, but nobody. Um, there has not been an official statement at all. No, right, they never nothing. will. Yeah, they they, they they're not going to do that. But um, you know what's funny about these uh, essentially what we're what we're known as the no shows, maybe like underscore no shows in the actual bracket itself, is that theoretically, um, a no show could have advanced to week two, it, it given given what was happening. Like the, it was theoretically they could have someone as a no show. Uh, who didn't show up could have advanced into losers of uh, week two, which is really funny. <laughs> we uh, we tried to do enough uh, or do some uh, calculations to see uh, if the bracket lined up perfectly, uh, how far you could advance without playing a game. Uh, but I don't remember what we ended up uh, <laughs> figuring <laughs> out. But like you could uh, you could definitely make it through week one, and uh, you might have been able to make it through week two. But I think at the very end you had to play some games. You might have had to play some people. Um, but yeah, let's uh let's go ahead and talk about a bit more of my uh experience in the uh the tournament. Um so uh we uh I guess I knew my opponent for a good while. Um 
because the brackets never got reseeded. They were posted on like Wednesday before or something. Of course, I didn't actually know the uh, the player. Their uh, handle is Jackie um, in the tournament. Um, for from what I gather, uh, all of the handles are your in-game name. So mine is uh, Lexicon, a common name that I am known for. Uh, so people would probably, if people are you know familiar with the community, they could figure out who if it was me or not. But like I know there are some people who are uh, you know they just put whatever uh, some kind of fun name in game or like. Um, something and uh you might not know exactly who they are so i never really got to find out who jackie might be but uh jackie was my round one opponent um who i ended up beating after three games um once again a reminder of the six pokemon that i brought to the tournament were comfy lapras gudra rillaboom incineroar and magnazone um, very, very fun team. I, uh, would love to talk about it more and we'll kind of talk about it a bit during the, uh, during the games that I'm going to like briefly discuss. I don't really want to go through these whole, like, uh, all everything, but, uh, my round one, I faced Jackie who had a team of Vanillux, Pissimian, Whimsicott, Neuralodon, Darmanitan, and Dragapult. Uh, lots of just good Pokemon on a, uh, Whimsicott, Tailwind type of team. Um, Surprisingly, they went with the uh, trick eject button on the Whimsicott, the switcheroo eject button strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that a little bit surprising just considering uh, it's like an open team sheet kind of thing. But, you know, it's always like a I think it's still a respectable option, something that I have to cover for, you know. Um, eject button is also not a terrible item on Whimsicott if you're able to get up that tailwind, take a hit, and then just uh, bring in your threatening sweepers. So, um which this team had a lot of it, a lot of offense. And uh, Passimian was very, very scary for me. Um, and uh, I struggled through it, but somehow managed to win game one. I think I lost game two. And then in the third game, uh, they decided not to max the Passimian, uh, but the Dragapult. And it was uh, enough for me to be able to win because of uh, the strategy I was taking. I think I was using Magnazone. Magnazone is pretty cool uh, into physical attackers. Um... Let's see. So I ended up winning that round. The second round, I played against a not that that was not that team. Uh, this <laughs> team. Oh yeah, I played against uh, Kimo. Uh, Kimo, we've had on okay, the yeah, yeah, show. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I'm good friends with Kimo. I, uh, me and Kimo both know everything about each other's teams, um, down to like the EV spreads and stuff because uh, Kimo is kind of part of my team building group. Um, and so he also had a Magnazone, but also with a Inteleon, a Togekiss, a Rillaboom, an Incineroar, and a Snorlax. Um, and yeah, this was a pretty, uh, interesting game. Um, it was pretty funny that, uh, at the time, uh, I had, you know, I had beaten him with a Magnazone in the first game in a kind of a Magnazone versus Magnazone mirror in the second game, I just went with Gudra, and Gudra kind of just went through his whole, whole team. Like, Gudra was so good, and he had nothing to stop it. Um, and uh, we, at the time, thought that there was nothing that could be done about uh, Gudra uh, for this matchup. Uh, we later realized that uh, Rillaboom uh, can actually hit Gudra through Sapsipper. Um, because of its, with its G-Max form, because of the mold breaker effect of its, uh, (laughs) thing. And, uh, that's actually relevant for reasons in the matchup. And, uh, it was like kind of, kind of heartbreaking. Uh, I ended up playing Kimo in winner's side here and knocking him down to losers where he eventually ran into, uh, another good friend, Justin Burns, who was using the same team as me. 
uh, and Justin was able to uh, come out on top over Kimo. So unfortunately, Kimo going down versus his friends uh, versus the same team twice. Uh, really heartbreaking there. Um, then uh, moving on to round three. Uh, round three, I did not end up uh, advancing through the first week with a perfect uh, record of 3-0. I ended up losing this third round to one of the strangest looking teams I've ever seen. Uh, Grimmsnarl, Togekiss, Durant, Dracovish, Porygon2, and Sylveon with the uh, Triple Fairy. And uh, I had looked at the team and thought, you know, Magnazone should do very strongly against this. The Togekiss and the Sylveon both have fire moves uh, in Heat Wave and Mystical Fire on the uh, Sylveon. And, uh, but the Durant did not have a ground move. And so I was still thinking, like, Magnazone should do really, really well here. Um... So I, I planned on leading with my Rillaboom and my Magnazone. Uh, game one starts, and I send out Incineroar and Rillaboom. And uh -oh. it was uh, <laughs> it was not a timeout. Um, it was just a miss input. I still had the correct four Pokemon that I wanted to bring, but not the order. And it was a little flustering, and I ended up um, not being able to win that game. I got one call. Uh, I would say one major misplay towards the end of the game. It wasn't really a call. It was just uh, I missed the uh, opportunity to make the correct play. And I ended up losing the first game to only try the same game plan the second game because I wanted to just do it right and uh, learned that that was not a good approach. I kind of lost my chance to learn that it was a bad approach in the first game and uh, then suffered that loss. And that was a little, uh, little frustrating uh, because of that misinput of mine. Right, so so that 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 was really it though. Is like it was uh, you had the right, correct four Pokemon you wanted to bring, but the order was wrong. Yeah, and the order was kind of uh, critical there in that I wanted to see how well uh, they were leading Sylveon and Togekiss in both of the games, and uh, I would have liked to have had my Steel type out on the field, even if they did have those fire moves, just to see if I could uh, you know pick them off and then go from there. Oh, um, surely, yeah, and. Uh, it just didn't work out because I had to, like, you know, reposition my Magnazone to get in and stuff like that. And they, it was a little bit more awkward. But uh, then I, it turns out that, yeah, uh, Magnazone was not great against a Togekiss with a fire move and the scope lens. And super luck, you know, a 50% chance to do a critical fire move was just too much damage. So I needed to try a different strategy. Uh, ultimately, I, I think it would have been Lapras. I don't really know. It's not important. But uh, I didn't get to get that chance, you know. And so, knocked out there. Uh, then, this is what I was talking about earlier in the show when I said that if you lose, you kind of have to wait around for a bit. So, I had finished my second game, and I look at the bracket, and I have to wait for, like, two or three matches to be completed. Um, I think it was two. Like, I can't imagine it's three. Three seems a little high. But, huh. yeah, so then I see that uh, there's my friend. What would you say time-wise, um, in terms of, like, uh, hours, I guess. Um, time wise, how long did you wait between that winners round three and then the start of the next losers round for you? So I posted um like information about the teams I was facing in like a personal Discord just so that I could kind of uh have it an easy spot to look at, and um yeah, so I, I remember I posted this team from round three at four p.m. and then. Um, I also remember messaging my opponent on Discord because they were a friend. I won't spoil it yet because we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, oh, I'm a little bit too far. Um, let's see. 
one moment. Uh, when did we start the Players' Cup? Oh, yeah, it was already started. Uh, 7-11 was the day that it uh, started, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then I played this person. Um, oh, this is not giving me timestamps. Um, so I, I would to say that I, la- I waited at least a hour um, is my estimate here. But, um, yeah, so I see that I could play my good friend uh, Angel, somebody else that I uh, team build with. Um, I see that he has to win two matches in a row because he knocked out, got knocked down to losers a little earlier. Um, and if he wins those two matches, he would find his way to me for the win and in for week two. And uh, Angel's team was uh, similar to... Chemos, I actually don't have it uh, lying around here. Um, but yeah, no, I got it here. Okay. So Angel's uh, six Pokemon were Escavalier, Porygon 2, Politoed, Rillaboom, Incineroar, and Inteleon. Uh, so a similar-ish team to the team that Chemo was using uh, with the Inteleon Rillaboom. But there was an Escavalier here. Uh, that was really cool to see. Um but once again, uh, Gudra was just a very, very strong Pokemon. Uh, and then I actually went with the uh, Magnezone mode in Game 2 and was able to beat Angel and knock him out, um, unfortunately. Friend versus friend. Um, yeah, so much team kill. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really heartbreaking. And like uh, the, the, our, the, our team building group is relatively big. We had a good number of players in the tournament. I would say in total, uh, close to 10 so we were bound to run into each other at uh, some point. And um, uh, spoilers for uh, when we go ahead. I think four of us are still in the tournament at this point with uh, three in winners and one in losers. Uh, so uh, our group is going pretty strong. Um, and yeah, so I guess that ends the week, you know. Um, I beat Angel and on uh, Battlefy, the site that it's being hosted on, uh, it does post your next round pairing. Um, so uh-huh, you get to okay. see who you're playing for that week in advance. And uh, when that pairing is there, you can also click on the link to get their team sheet. Um, so that's something I haven't really talked about yet. Let's, uh, you know, tangent over to that. Sure. Um, so the uh, the team lists, the way it works, you know, this is an open information um, thing. Steven, have you seen one of the pictures? Uh, No, I haven't really. All right, I'll go ahead and grab. Um, I'll grab the uh, one that I played for. Uh, you know, round one, week two. So I'll, I'll post this picture in our thing here. But um, yeah, basically, uh, you on Battlefield, uh, below your name would be a link to a Arcanine site. I think it was. Um, and that Arcanine site, if you followed that link, would um. Yeah, it's Players Arcanine Labs, Team List, and then blah, blah, blah is what the link are. And it would, you know, have the uh, the list. It would say Team List 4 and then their name. And then you could actually choose the language, which I thought was a really interesting and cool feature. Yeah, I'm seeing this in the picture right now you just posted. And that's really neat. Like, you can actually select and kind of just toggle between what you want to look at it as. And Yeah, like, because uh, the nice. person that put the team in probably, you know, put it in there native language but especially for regions like europe where uh you know there are many languages throughout the the region um it would be really nice to just you know click the language that you're most familiar with and uh see all the moves in that language um 
especially since we don't have those like uh, type uh, colors in this image here. You know, yeah, those, the, the, that light brown for ground and like the white for normal and stuff like that. Anyway, um, so then they have the six Pokemon uh, laid out there. Um, they have the the Pokemon. It's gender. Uh, it's GMAX status. Uh, the language, I think, is like there in some kind of form. I don't know if it just means the form it was put in. Or if it's just telling you that this is in English. Uh, it would also have their nickname if they had uh, nicknames. Um, this one that I'm looking at with Steven, they did not have nicknames. Um, and then uh, below that, they'll have their ability, their held item. And then in four little bubbles, they have the four moves that the Pokemon knows. So, of course, nothing about those stats like we had uh, already talked about on the podcast. But uh, it's a nice little uh, little arrangement here. Um that's kind of cool to look at. Um, I'm sure that a lot of people that were in the tournament have seen them floating around. I'm sure that people that got knocked out maybe posted pictures of themselves. So do scour Twitter for those because I don't think I can get access to mine anymore uh, to like post it at some point. Right. Um, also, right. there's I cannot uh, release full information on my team yet because there's actually somebody still in the tournament using it. So uh, and that would be um, Adi. Adi is five and zero. Um, and I, I think it's fine for me to say that Adi is using it because the information game at this point is, uh, all over the place. You know, you can, you can really get everything you want if they, uh, want to find it. So, um, of course, um, what was I going to say? Uh, so that's, that's the interesting bit here is now we've ended week one and, uh, you can see your opponents for week two. And that means that you can spend the whole week preparing, uh, like, you have a full week to, you know, put that team together. Um, I cannot say that it would be, um, it would be convenient to do this in game. So of course, <laughs> um, players are going to be doing this on Pokemon Showdown. Um, they're going to put the team in and then just make a bunch of assumed EV spreads. You know, um, you yeah. know, you have to just kind of guess. Like for a lot of Pokemon, they might just be typical two fifty twos if it's an offensive attacker or something. Um, so, you know, a lot of stuff that's very predictable. Um, otherwise, you know, if you see a Pokemon like a Togekiss, um, and let's say it's a defensive Togekiss, um, then you can just say, well, I've probably used a defensive Togekiss for, or I know somebody that has, let's grab one of their EV spreads and just slap it on. So that way I can play some test games with some friends. Yeah, with, with the stats, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you have to, like, if you want to go deeper into it, um, you can uh, go further down the scouting rabbit hole and reach out to their previous opponents and say, like, hey, you know, you played this person. How fast was that Tyranitar, you know? And uh, did you get any kind of basis for the EV spread on this thing? Was it a bulky version of it? Was it an offensive version of it? Um, but it, you're going to have to do some guesswork no matter what. And so... The most important thing is you put together that full six on showdown and then you're able to play games against it where you, you know, you play against a friend and uh, you sometimes, you know, have them play certain ways. Say like, OK, I'm most worried if they lead this. So please do lead that. Um, or you just say, well, you know, play the game. However, try to mix it up and catch me off guard and let's see what the matchup is like. You want to learn how you should be approaching it, how they you think they will be approaching it. Um you want to learn what they might expect, you know, ask some friends, if you were using these six, what do you fear most from my team? Blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a lot of different uh, prep work you can do. I didn't do any of this, by the way. 
Uh, <laughs> I had a lot of friends uh, that, you know, prepared a bit more for their first round of the week uh, the next week. Right. Um, I think... Uh, for better or for worse, um, it doesn't always work out. I had, uh, I had some friends, I don't want to name names, um, but like I had some friends who prepared a ton, uh, and lost that first round. Um, probably, I think that was mostly due to a rough matchup. Um, and then, uh, there's me. I actually ended up winning the first round of the second week by doing nothing. I, I, I looked at it and I said, huh, I think they're gonna max, uh, the, well, let's go ahead and run through the six Pokemon. Uh, my next round player was uh, Diggersby. They had Diggersby, Incineroar, Rillaboom, Togekiss, Duraludon, and Tyranitar. And I was like, they're going to max either the Diggersby or the Duraludon, and I have to figure out which one, which Pokemon I'm most comfortable bringing with that in mind. Uh, then the game started, and they in both game one and in game two they maxed Tyranitar, and it's like, <laughs> you know, it, it can really show you that. Uh, like, you know, you can prep as much as you want, especially with this full info, but you can't get in their head. You can't figure out uh, what they're going to be doing. Right. That's all. That, that's also a valuable lesson for if and when we return to um, real life events, you know, for, you know, the, those top cut preps, you know, those nights before the next uh, round or something in top cut, um, you know, doing the same thing is all I can do is uh, rest and, you know, hope for the best too. You can, you can do your prep and uh, hope expect the worst but um you just never know what your opponent's actually going to do yeah you know i think the best game plans are deciding what you're going to be doing for that game one because there's no reason that you uh shouldn't just go in with a game one plan if you can figure out their first six or their their, their six you know because then you're just saving you the time uh in team preview um and you can figure out what four you're bringing for game one um but beyond that uh you should definitely allow yourself to play flexible um you know, you don't get caught off guard when they lead two Pokemon that you didn't expect them to be led. Like nobody's ever going to be able to figure out the uh, the perfect matchup for every uh, every approach and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, a week passed, and uh, I didn't really do anything except you know do what I I just said. Now I I figured out what four I was going to do, what Pokemon I was going to lead, and um. I don't even know if I came up with a an adaption. Like I, I don't even know if I came up with a like a second round. Like oh, if I do this and it doesn't work, what am I gonna do? I think I was just like, yeah, we'll we'll do that when we're playing the game. Um, so I ended up able able to win that first round. Um, and uh, yeah, like I kind of thought of a bunch of worst case scenarios and I did not encounter them. Uh, this is no means of a uh to to like slam my opponent, but uh, there were just other approaches that I was a bit more scared of and uh. My, my, I don't know, the mode that I had chosen was pretty good in the matchup. So, then, uh, let's see. I, uh, this is week two, and, um, there are a couple of different ways that you can make it through. Um, you know, mostly there are different ways to make it through if you're in winners. If you're in losers, there's only one way to make it through, and that is to just keep winning. Yep. Um, so, in this case, it was, I had to win four in a row that week. Uh, to have a chance in week three, and then week three I would have to win four more in a row, and if I did do that, wow. I was in the top four, <laughs> and I made it, and I was out. Um, yeah, do not lose early, especially not in the first week. The first week it was a really bad idea on my part. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, so yeah, I ended up winning that. Um, the second round, I don't have the uh, team here uh, because it was just all happening so fast, and I forgot to save it. But it was uh, another type of, like, Cinderace team or something like that. 
and um, I ended up winning the second round. Um, the I, I don't know if it went to three or not. I just remember, um, for lack of a better term, I, I think my opponent uh, largely misplayed in the end game in the game that they probably could have just... Uh, I think it was a 2-0. I think it was a 2-0 that should have been a game three. Uh, but at the end of the second game, my opponent did not make the moves that I saw that won them the game. And, uh, like, won the game 100% of the time. And I was able to uh, snag that win and move on to the next round. Yep, that's good for you. I mean, I was like, I'll take it. I will absolutely take it. Um, I, I'm i not going to, uh, you know, cry and wah, wah, like this whole thing. But I, the second week, I had some rough luck. Uh, not... Uh, a little bit in the matchups that I was pulling, but, uh, like, in the games. My Lapras, um, I feel like I clicked maybe five or so Hydro Pumps with, uh, Lapras in, uh, that second day, uh, that mm-hmm. weren't, you know, like a Max Geyser or something, and I think I went, like, three for five. Um, it was a little bit, uh, and, the, like, some of these were, like, very important ones, um, so it was a little bit, uh, I was having some, uh, harder time than I would have liked, um... But this the third round, I played against uh, Bingji, um, a uh, player. Uh, I is Bingji his uh, real name? Yeah, I believe Bingji is his I'm real name. Pretty right? it's not sure. A, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bingji is the the real name, and then they they have a couple of different names they go by online, like Tyron Liu on Showdown or like Kokoro or on in game or something like that. But uh, Bingji, you should know the name. They uh, they were the runner up at uh, was it Dallas? Yep, Dallas back in January, start of the format. Yeah, and uh, they're still using mostly the uh, same kind of stuff. Uh, Bingji is a very, very threatening player. I was uh, quite scared when I saw the name um, uh, because I actually had remembered their in-game name. And I was like, oh, that's like, isn't that Bingji, guys? And they were like, "Uh, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, this is Bingji. And as soon as I saw the team, I was like, yeah, this is. Um, The team is Cinderace, Chandelure, Rillaboom. Primarina, Corviknight, and Ndidi Female. Um, and yeah, I was quite, quite scared. Um, I believe I lost the first game. And I was kind of feeling like I was on uh, Death's Door. I was just like, yeah, this is looking not great. I don't know about this. Um, and I ended up pulling out the second game. Um, and... The third game was kind of what I... Uh, I think that was the second game uh, Bingji had totally switched up the strategy while I had, uh, I think, stayed true to what I did game one. And uh, the switch up was trying to catch me switching up or something. And uh, I did not change and it was much okay. easier. <laughs> so it was, it was much more... It was much of like a, oh, he's going to adapt. He just lost and I, I did not adapt and I got a win because of it. Um, and then once again, I didn't adapt. I had, uh, I had already kind of identified this was my best route. Um it was a Lapras game plan or something like that. Um, and, uh, or maybe I didn't. No, I don't know. I think I went Gujar game one, Lapras game two, Lapras game three. Yep, that's what happened. And then in this third game, um, as I had mentioned, I think Lapras missed a critical hydro pump um, that I think uh, if you add it all up, I probably would have been in a much better spot. Um, like, the game would obviously not have played the same had the lap, had the hydro pump hit. They might have been able to make different plays to still win the game, of course. But uh, it definitely set me a bit behind uh, to the point that in the end game, I had a full health Rillaboom versus a uh, Cinderace, and 
I was able to, I, I don't remember how healthy it was, but um, it flare blitzed me in the rain and I was able to take another one, but the grassy terrain went away. So I needed to crit hit my grassy glide and it actually crit. Um, and <laughs> wow. I was able to win the game on a crit in game three to knock out Bingji, um, which was crazy. Cause I, I had said it out loud. Um, I had like, I was playing at my uh, family's house and I had my girlfriend and dad uh, watching, um, which I hope that nobody at home considers uh, cheating. Cause like they, they don't know anything about the game. They were just there to spectate. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, they were, just, I just had said out loud to them, I was like, yeah, I just need a crit to win this game, I think. And, uh, then the Cinderace's HP had dropped to zero, and I was like, was that the crit? Or did it, did it just KO naturally? And it said crit, and we all just yelled out, we're like, ah, oh! like, I can't yeah, believe this. Of course. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, and so I, I had gone 3-0, and but I was not home yet, and so I had to play against, uh, Teen Spirit is the name of the last person I yeah. played here. One more round um, to get through. So, uh, and, uh, congrats on moving on Teen Spirit, uh, since I think you are listening. Uh, Teen Spirit is a listener of the show, um, which is really cool. So shout outs to them for that. Uh, they had, I think said after the game, they said, look forward to hearing about it on the Hyper Voice. So here you go. Um, since we do have to talk about it. Rock on. Um, <laughs> with the, the team was Charizard, Crocodile, Clefairy, Rillaboom, Dragapult, and Torkoal. Um, and... So this was a Sun team with also, uh, with also a Clefairy Dragapult mode and then uh, a Rillaboom to boot, which uh, can make things scary for Lapras. Um, in all three games, they led with Charizard Torkoal and just decided to mess me up with Sun. Um, it was very hard. Um, in the first game, I had maxed my Lapras and uh, the G-Max Wildfire from the Charizard did... 90% um, to my maxed Lapras. Oh, wow, I'm yeah. Just barely able to Brutal. hang on. Um, so much so that, like, yeah, I just could not really come back from that. So in the second, I lost that first game. Uh, and I remember saying out loud, like, after turn one, I was like, yeah, let's figure out something better for game two. Like, we need something better than this. <laughs> Than just taking 90%. Though I don't have any weather to reset on my team. And Torkoal is a hard Pokemon considering how slow it is to get the weather advantage against it. Um, so in that second game I actually uh, went with the same lead Incineroar and Lapras. But this time I made the uh, the often uh, disregarded choice of uh, maxing my Incineroar. Um, and you know just... Attacking into that Charizard just uh, nonstop with a Max Dark based off of Darkest Lariat just to try to keep the Charizard down with my Assault Vest Incineroar that could, you know, definitely take some hits in Sun if it needed to. Um, and then in the second game, I uh, actually ended up missing another Hydro Pump with the Lapras, uh, which meant that I had to work a lot, lot harder. But I ended up winning the second game regardless. Um just barely in the end with uh, Gudra in the back, uh, which is normally not something the team likes to do. So mm -hmm. it was I was like, you know, having to go outside the box for this a little bit. Uh, and then in that third game, um, I, you know, decided that uh, they were leading Torkoal Charizard every game and then switching Torkoal to Clefairy to get that friend guard and have Torkoal able to reset the weather in case Lapras, you know, max geysers or something like that. I, I'm not going to go too far down the thought level here, but, uh, 
in the second game, basically, I had come to the decision. They won't let me max my Incineroar again. So we're going to go back to maxing, uh, back to maxing Lapras. Um, just to see if I kind of get that call right. And, uh, I was, I was correct. They, uh, they ended up targeting down the, uh, Incineroar with a yawn, which, uh, as you are familiar with, Steven, is a very, is very strong counterplay to Dynamaxing. Of course. Um, cause then you have to, you know, either switch out or, uh, only, you only get two turns of your Dynamax or one if you choose to switch out and not take the sleep. Um, and I, yeah, the yawn came into the Incineroar slot, so I was able to, uh, work around that. Um, but in the end game, they had actually brought Dragapult this time. And I once again had my Gudra in back, but Gudra is much slower and very weak to dragon darts. So, uh, was not able to pull that one out. Um, sadly that meant that my run ended here, even after going three and O on that second day, uh, working very hard. Um, and I think that's okay. Um, something that I had come to realize, uh, along the, uh, uh, way for this tournament is that uh, our previous guest, uh, Doctor Fidget or uh, Sam Samuel Harsma, um, they were pretty. They were right in that this was a lot of work for a tournament that uh, would only reward a travel award if you made it all the way. Uh, um, right, right. So I, I am very happy to sit back and watch, uh, cheer on some friends, uh, and watch some high level Pokemon be played uh, without sweating for the next you know couple of weeks. Um, but, uh, of course, still sad to be knocked out, um, especially since the team was very fun. Um, overall, uh, sorry that I haven't, uh, I've been kind of dominating the conversation here, Steven. That's all but, right. Uh, yeah, so the, overall, the team was very fun. Um, Comfy was absolutely the MVP of the team. Um, Comfy is, I think, the key to... Uh, Comfy and then, I, I think, uh, a Lapras with that Aurora Veil are the two of the keys to uh, defensive play right now. Um, with Series 5, with Dynamax, with all of the things that uh, the game has introduced, um, with these uh, Solar Power Charizards, with these Cinderaces, with Libero, um, Libero, or however you want to say it, uh, um, and so many powerful moves, um, it's very hard to play defensive at this time in the metagame. Um, and I think that Comfy does that so well. Um, something else that's really cool about Comfy is that with Rillaboom being so popular... Um, and obviously just being a strong Pokemon, you can run Comfy and Rillaboom to have that, uh, floral healing heal for 66%, but there are times where they'll set up the grassy terrain for you, and then you are just able to heal your Pokemon for so much. Um, there were a lot of times in that second day where my opponent would bring Lapras down to about 25% to one-third, and then after max, I would use floral healing onto my Lapras to bring it all the way back up to full. And it was just like they had wasted all of their efforts, you know, trying to do damage. It was really, really cool. Right. I, I really like the uh, this kind of defensive approach, which um, is almost um, pretty unique to cause like the hyper offense we've seen almost all format on on the switch essentially so mm -hmm. um i like the i like this approach that all of you took who are using this team and uh obviously we'll get to flush out or flesh out flush out more of the details about this team maybe after week three is over and we know who's in uh into august and um obviously this team will probably change somewhat um if people decide to um you know bring it farther but um we'll get to hear more about that um Overall, though, like, how did you enjoy, like, playing in Players' Cup? I think it was great to have um, a 
tournament. Uh, I think I had said this after the first week, but my main reflection was that I was very happy to have uh, a tournament that people cared about to play in. Um, you know, VGC, I think, for me personally, changes drastically with the amount of effort being put in. I love playing high-level Pokemon against people who are putting in their all, you know? Um, I, I like when there's, like, something on the line. Uh, this is what separates it from online tournaments, what separates it from, like, NPA, uh, is that uh, there's much more on the line, and this is what I miss about the the IRL tournaments. Of course, you know, I, I, we still need to wait for those to come back, but um, I that's just, like, what really drove me was that, um, you know, everybody had put all this time in preparing... And then they are going to see if they came up with the best uh, team. And then if they're the best player that, you know, weekend. That uh, That's just something that I think is really cool about uh, Pokemon is uh, bringing it all. And, like, yeah, it was nice to have that for these, uh, these couple of weeks. Yeah, that's pretty nice. And um, we still have one more week week and weekend of this uh tournament to finally determine who our top four slash top three in oceana are for these uh regions to move on to august so um still have that to look forward to um to finish up players cup in july and um you know that was pretty much covering alex's run here so uh seemed like um you're you know happy enough with uh your finish and your run here you mm-hmm. know making it to week two and almost uh breaching breaking into week three here too yeah, so we're left with uh, 16 players um, at this point. Um, I can run through their uh, Discord tags here really quick. Um, I'm actually familiar with almost all of these players, um, but there are a couple that I will have to just read the Discord tag for. But we have uh, Jadis. I don't remember how to pronounce it, but that's Andrew Ding. Um, we have Santino. Um, we have Adi. We have John Evans. We have Joe UX9 or Joseph Ugarte. Um, we have Jasok Lee, who I am not familiar with, so apologies if I said that wrong. Um, we have Conan, uh, who uh, I personally believe should not be in this tournament. Uh, we have Raghav, um, we, and that is the it for uh, winners. And then so in uh, losers, we have uh, Tapa JJ, that's Jeremy Odina. Uh, Dandy, who uh, is Tommy DeRosa, I believe. Uh, there was, I think, two Dandies in the tournament. That was something <laughs> that was funny. really, really funny. I, I remember uh, my friend Rajan was playing against somebody named Dandy in the first round. And Wolf was also playing against somebody named Dandy in the first round. And uh, that was when we were all telling ourselves, oh, no, they, they are definitely going to reseed this. They messed up. They put the same person twice. Uh, no, that is not the case. Um, there are two people named Dandy, so I, I'm assuming this is Tommy DeRosa, um, but I, I can't confirm. Um, Star Raikou is a name I recognize. Um, I can't remember their real name. Uh, Teen Spirit, uh, the person that beat me in the final round. Uh, Eclipse Owl, uh, the King Villager, that is James Evans. Namuko Pro, uh, for all the older players there, that's Alec Rubin making his, uh, comeback. And then, uh, King of Mars, that's, of course, Gavin. Um, in the those are the eight players and losers, uh, and they will all play to see which four make it out in the next week. Yeah, so uh, I agree with you on the Conan front there with uh, what you said earlier. Like, I don't think you should be in this tournament either. But um, you know, we only have the full list. Well, I guess uh, I mean we do have the list of the others, but this is a uh, that was a list for North America. We don't have the necessarily the full list for the other three regions. Sorry about that for any of our listeners from there, but um, you know. We'll uh we'll see how things pan out on the final 
day of play on July 25th, um, this upcoming weekend. And um, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll get to talk about that in, uh, in uh, the coming episodes. So um, one other thing that happened between week one and week two, actually, that I t- want to talk about here briefly is uh, that the Pokemon Company International did have an official stream covering uh, stuff for Pokemon. Uh, Pokin, um, the trading card game, and VGC, and for us, our stuff was on Thursday night, uh, July 16th, in America at least, um, it was like 5 p.m. Pacific time, which was like 7 p.m. for us here, and, um, uh, I guess I should run through these matches here, and I kind of want to talk about our opinions on, uh, what was shown, so, there were five matches in total shown, there were four from the actual tournament, plus a commentator showcase, so we had from Oceana, which is the first one displayed. Uh, we had Phil Nguyen versus James Maney. This was winner's round two. Um, then the second match was from Europe. Uh, Miguel Marti de la Torre versus Giacomo Criniti. Um, this was also winner's round two. The third match was Graham Amity versus Jaden Casterly from Oceana. Also winner's round two. And uh, surprise, in the last round was winner's round three from Europe. Jamie Boyd versus Marco Giorgi. And then uh, lastly, they had a commentator showcase at the end. A little fun thing they showed for everybody was uh, Adam versus Lou. Uh, So Adam Dorkar versus Lou Cromie there. Um, So first, I just want to talk about things I liked from the stream. I liked how they showcased, uh, you know, these high profile uh, players in like Phil, Miguel, or otherwise goes by Sekiam from Spain, uh, Graham and Jamie. Um, You know, these are high profile players high profile players that I want to see playing, see what they're doing. And uh they all had pretty like uh you know somewhat unique picks. Like these aren't Pokemon we've haven't seen before, but um things like the Glaren Weezing, the Halucha, the Braviary, and the Volcarona, things aren't necessarily too common, but um I liked seeing how these uh somewhat unique Pokemon were featured on the stream. Um kind of strange how uh it was only Oceana and Europe for the first week and I'm not sure what I was expecting from the stream and uh I know a lot of people have been somewhat critical of the like commentator showcase at the end and um you know it was it was fine you know it was cool it was fine to watch that um it would have been probably way better to fit in and more probably more appropriate in like a a real life event where there's kind of downtime between rounds and you just kind of show this off I think they did this with like Aaron versus Evan back in uh one of the internationals earlier this year but um, yeah, that uh, that was my thing. And there, and then uh, Alex, I don't know, what did you like from from what you, what we saw here? One thing I will say is that I know that uh, like at least one example of an American player being reached out to for their match, but uh, nothing ended up happening with it. Um, I don't know where the uh, where that ended up fizzling out. Whether it was they had sent footage or not, or if they never got the footage requested. Um, but yeah, they it was a little bit weird that there were no uh, NA matches. Um, and the fact that uh, a lot of these matches were not uh, highlights from, at least from my selfish perspective, you know, um, they had chosen um, some interesting picks. Obviously, like, I, I know uh, all of the players on the left side here, the ones that Steven had mentioned. Um, and uh, no, I'm not trying to slam the players uh, that were also featured here. Uh, it was interesting to see, like, you know, it wasn't always just like a win for the, uh, the player on the left. Um, it was very strange, though, that, like, they didn't end up getting pictures for the other side, you know? Yeah, I didn't like that either. Uh, the, the, we are really suffering from not having a spectator mode so that things have to be uh, shown from one perspective. Um, uh, and, like, 
this is where it really sh- like shows like with the whole uh switch one screen here is like uh Pokemon's not covering up the moves the players are making and so that was something always interesting about uh VGC was you know we would wait to see what plays out on the turn but we already know half of what the turn's going to be or at least close to it you know um so that was a different thing uh than what or like, I don't know I know we have already had streams for this uh for on, us on the switch but again that's just something that stood out to me um and then uh yeah no, the, 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 there was no pictures um I that commentator showcase at the end I did not end up watching it um but that's because I I didn't have to and uh it wasn't really again it just doesn't feel necessary you know it, it's like a it's a filler thing and I would much rather have had more matches uh be shown uh especially if they were going to you know use up two of the commentators time to uh to make this happen i they they could have used those two commentators to you know look at the match look at a match and like commentate over it i don't know um and i i really doubt that they were only able to get uh these four games you know they, they, there was probably other games they could have uh found we really really do need a spectator mode don't we yeah like um this isn't really on the circuit as a as a, i don't know this really isn't on the circuit though uh being their yes. fault with what's been covered here it's like game freak didn't implement this into sword and shield in the, in the first place so there was no there's no online spectator mode and um obviously no one anticipated the pandemic happening um around this time now so um there's only so much we can do i guess but um yeah like um this isn't an attack on adam or lou or anything like i actually love both their personalities we've had adam on, adam on the show before um so um yeah, like, they, they could have used that time a little more efficiently considering how strapped um, we were. It was only supposed to be, like, two to three hours anyway. Um, I think a lot of people would have benefited from seeing more matches and what else was going on in the tournament. Like, another thing is, you know, I've, I'm not playing this thing, so I never get to look at any of the brackets or anything. So I'm uh, a spectator for this entirely. So I was looking forward to watching this stream, and I didn't learn anything about what was going on within the tournament, what players were left, who's doing well, what's going on. All I could do is follow along with uh, what was being posted on social media. And um, so I guess, uh, you know, you hired the four commentators, you know, Aaron, um, Rosemary, Adam, and Lou to actually do their job and commentate the matches. So I'm not sure what else I was, what I was expecting from this stream because um, this was like, it was all gameplay. You know, that's that's cool. But I was looking for more about what was going on in the tournament. And I guess that's also... Um, maybe I'm asking too much because the bracket is still so big in this first week. I imagine like, uh, in week three, like the end of week three, and of course in August, like the bracket's small enough where you can kind of show what's actually happening, what's going on. Yeah, I I agree with that. Like almost like what you'd see on like sports coverage where, you know, they, they look at each individual one, they, they talk about any highlights. Oh, wow. This top player is already out, you know, uh. And stuff like that. Um, or like, oh, wow, these two bet up in this point of the bracket. That's got to be a really cool match. Uh, even if they can't see it, they could just talk about, you know, the history of those players and what they might expect to come out of that match, you know. Stuff like that would have been really cool to see. Um, okay. Uh, in the meantime, I just want to kind of mention the players here. 
is that I, uh, you know, the first, uh, you know, the first name I listed for each of these matches were kind of those higher profile names. I don't know what's, uh, what happened with Phil in week, uh, if he even made it to week two or anything. I'm not sure what happened with Miguel. I know Graham has advanced to week three in the top 16 in Oceania, and I know Jamie is, uh, out, who, he's out after, uh, week two as well. Uh, so, okay, here's my tangent. I have a tangent about, um, Phil's game, and then I also have something funny about Daz, uh, Dor- Adam Doricott. Okay. Um, Adam was in the, uh, Twitch chat watching the game, and he had, uh, put a comment in about, um, uh, about, he just said, like, man, that guy says Europe, that commentator says Europe really weird, criticizing himself, uh, because he was, of course, in the match, but he was also watching it on Twitch, uh-huh. and, uh, he ended up getting, uh, his message deleted <laughs> oh, no. by the moderating team. The moderating team was very, very strange, letting, like, some messages go through that definitely should not have, while deleting other very harmless messages. I had a message that said, uh, let's go, like, just, like, and then a bunch of exclamation points and extended O's and stuff like that. This was actually in reply to somebody saying, uh, hey, Lexicon, uh, love the hyper voice, or something close to that. It was actually something about the show that was really nice. And so I just said, let's go. Like, I was just really excited that somebody had, you know, uh, mentioned the show here in the Twitch chat. And it was really awesome. Um, so shout outs to whoever you were. I do not remember. I'm sorry, but, uh, my let's go message got deleted and I was very, like, confused. Why? But that's such a harmless thing. That's also like a normal thing to say during a match, you know? Like, let's say you were rooting for one of the players and they had gotten that play right. You, they had made the right call. You would, you would cheer. This is something that would happen at a real event. It's not even like, it's a harmless thing to say. And it was deleted. That is just, uh, I'm just so disheartened right now. I'm just shaking my head. I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. What, 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 what's could, happening Could it be connected here? to, like, the fact that it, there's, like, let's go Pikachu or Eevee or something, and then that's not the game? I don't know. Because <laughs> they're playing sword... copyright, I guess. Yeah, they're like, this is Sword and Shield. You're not allowed to talk about let's go right now. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was very, very weird, uh, in the comment, or in the, uh, Twitch chat section. I am happy that we had to, we got to have ch- uh, Twitch chat, though. There have been a lot of streams where, you're just forced to watch it uh, without anybody else. You know, the, the commentary uh, in Twitch chat is always very fun uh, to see what the people are saying. Um, let's talk about Phil's match, though, really quick and brief. Um, so uh, the whole this whole system is very weird because, like, Phil had tweeted out the result of the match and, like, some of the things that happened during it. So also in the Twitch chat, I was uh, pretending to be clairvoyant because it was just like, um, you know, in game one, he had gotten frozen and... Uh, I, I saw the turn coming that it was going to happen. And so I was like, man, what if Phil got frozen here? And everyone was like, whoa, what? What? How did that happen? Like, uh, except for like, uh, my friends who knew that this was like going to happen, like, you know, the result and like that it follow Phil, uh, follow Phil on Twitter. Um, but that's like something really weird about this is that like these games, they very much can be spoiled. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I know exactly what you're talking about, because I knew exactly what was going to happen for this set as well. It was just like, well, Phil already posted this, pretty much this entire match, so I already know the result and what's going what's going to happen. Um, and then another fun little tidbit about uh, Phil's opponent. Um, as far as I remember, uh, this is winner's round two. I think Phil was the second seed. Um, uh, maybe. But uh, James Maney um, was definitely a low finisher in the IC. Um, they were paired I think they were the 256th seed. I don't know how low that went for Oceania, but they were supposed to play the one seed. The one seed in one seed in Oceania was a no-show. <laughs> no way, really? The one seed in Oceania was a no-show. So they actually got a bye 
to play Phil in the second round here, and then they ended up beating Phil. Um, but that's just like insane. <laughs> and like, uh, at least, you know, props to them for, uh, two upsets back to back, man. But no, uh, the, just the, the one here against Phil, but the one seed in Oceania not even showing up. Uh, all those no shows. Like, I think in total, uh, Oceania had, uh, sub 100 players, I think, um, of their 128, uh, register. Um, it was pretty low. Um, and like, especially considering they could barely get enough players after that whole, uh, you know, region splitting that we had talked about in the past, uh, episodes of the show. But yeah, just, uh, really crazy what's happening down there, down under. Yeah. Pokemon Players Cup has been very weird overall in general. Like, we were all very hyped and excited at the announcement in the beginning, um, back in May. And, like, I, I, you know, I, I think that's understandable. You know, we were just looking for something. And I kind of feel this, uh, everyone's, you know, mood is kind of, you know, going back down after, well, we don't know what's coming next, if there is anything coming next after August. And, you know, there's only, there's only going to be a few players left anyway. So, um, moods are starting to dampen a little bit. Um, I don't know, like, I feel like for Pokemon Players Cup, one of the other purposes is just, like, piss everybody off. Because, like, at, when you think about it, at the very end of the day, after August is over, only four people are really going to be happy because they'll get travel awards for future events. Um, I don't know if I've made this analogy before, but it's like in um, in, in uh, the United States, we have our NCAA uh, March Madness, the basketball tournament, where they have mm-hmm. uh, 68 teams in. And uh, I know the they've mentioned on those broadcasts before in the past when they held the tournaments. We didn't have one in 2020 because of COVID. But they've mentioned how, you know, at the end of the season, only one... Uh, one team is going to be happy. Every other team is going to be in tears in the locker room and in that tournament. So, um, you know, kind of similar thing here going on. Only four people will get travel awards at the end. And like everyone else is just like, well, if you had fun, great. You played in it, great. And, uh, you know, otherwise you got nothing just like everyone else who, um, you know, either lost early, wasn't in it. I don't know. Yeah, all the other tournaments that we have throughout the year reward championship points. They reward money much further down. Uh, than what we've seen. Yeah, at least here. something. Um, like if you consider the fact that, uh, like I, 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 you have to pull all the players here together just for the sake that you do have to meet up in the end to fight for that top four. So this is essentially like a near a thousand man tournament where they are only prizing out top four. Um, of course, you're only playing in region to get to that final stage, but then you have to, you know, play into region to get top four, and then that's where you get your prizing. Like it, it's insane. You know, and then there's no points. There's nothing. There's nothing. You know, driving. This was really just uh, official Pokemon, uh, and that was like about the only thing that was uh, not the only. Like, that's dramatic, but like you know, that that was one of the main things that was uh, done well about this. Is that like this was under that official thing? I think the the tournament was run well though. Like uh, I, I definitely shout outs to the uh, tournament staff for the tournament, uh, in, in the NA section at least from my experience, but um. Yeah, like, it's just in terms of, like, you know, what the tournament uh, pays out, what you get out of playing in it, uh, they really drop the ball on that. And um, something that we'll uh, have to cover on future episodes, though, is um, uh, my thoughts and uh, maybe some other people's thoughts, if we can get some guests on that played in the tournament, um, talking about the uh, open team sheets, you know, Steven, Um, because... I don't know how they're going to handle that going forward, if it's going to drop or not. There's been a lot of discussion on Twitter, um, but uh, that's like a whole nother topic here, and we're already running, yes, running yes. long, so expect us to talk about that in the future. 
Yeah, that's that's very important for these online tournaments, especially like in person, like not necessarily as important. You know, it's it'd be fine either way. But, um, you know, overall, like I am happy that we've had this uh, event to, you know, kind of keep us busy throughout the summer. Um, Pokemon Players Cup was really cool. I like it. It's still not over. It's still happening. Like, I'm still looking forward to watching the streams and what's happening these upcoming weekends. But, um, like, there have been a lot of the minor things that have been, uh, you know, just frustrating a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, with that, I think we uh, we pretty much have our show here for everybody. And we're going to wrap up and uh, get out of everybody's hair. But um, lastly, we want to just, uh, you know, talk about something about uh, where we where you can find us now. And uh, one of the changes that has happened, and if I don't know if anyone's aware of this, but Google um, in the year of 2020 was making a shift from uh, Google Play to splitting the music and podcasts and I think some other section into like Google Podcasts, Google Music and Google something else, whatever that third thing is. I think there's a third thing. What is it? Books? Audiobooks? I'm guessing. I'm just guessing. Actually, I actually think that might be it. But um, Google is splitting up Google Play into a bunch of other things. And um, likewise, the show um, has actually also transitioned there. So um, you actually, um, I looked up in Google Play in the app, like you can't find our show, the Hypervoice, in there anymore. So we are now on Google Podcasts. So I think there's an app for that you can download on your phones or computer browsers or whatever. Um, or desktops, whatever it's called, laptops, I don't know. Compute, your computers can do it too. Um, but you can find our show on Google Podcasts, um, where that has changed to. So uh, you can find the Hyper Voice on Google Podcasts, as well as the places you usually can find us, iTunes, Podbean, and Spotify. And uh, we are still working on expanding to further platforms. Um, we'll talk about that once that is live and happened and happening. So... Um, find us all there. You can leave us a review to help with visibility to help others discover the show about competitive Pokemon. And uh, tell your friends about us if you think they'd be interested in a show about competitive Pokemon. Let them know about us here at The Hyper Voice. You can also find us on our Facebook page and our Twitter account at The Hyper Voice. And you can email your questions, comments, and feedback to our email, vgchypervoice at gmail.com. Lastly, you can find the two of us personally on Twitter as well. You can follow me at SuperMorioka. And Alex, where can people follow you? You can follow me at LexiconVGC. Awesome. Thank you, the listeners, so much for listening. And stay tuned for more of the Hyper Voice. Alola. Alola.